Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Daddy Vlogger TV. We're here live on location in Manila, Philippines, on the verge of my first Father's Day here in the Philippines. It's going to be quite a different experience celebrating Father's Day over here. And I actually got a big book launch event as well. I'm publishing my first ever kids book about family travel to South America. Uh, so make sure you check uh, check it out at uh, daddyblogger.com. And it's also available on Amazon and across the whole globe. Uh, and as we're traveling, we still love interviewing fellow dads. And uh, on our show here today, we have a passionate dad, an author, and uh, incredible um, founder of uh, Daughter the Initiative, the initiative, father of a daughter initiative, father of daughter initiative. So our, our guest today, his name is Jeffrey Tobias Halter. He's joining us from Atlanta, Georgia now. So we're in different time zones. I'm here in Manila, Philippines. He's in Atlanta, Georgia, but through the miracle of technology, we're connecting. And apologies if there's any Wi-Fi issues. Uh, life as a digital nomad means you're never going to have perfect Wi-Fi. Uh, so, Jeffrey, uh, why don't we get you to introduce yourself? If you want to do a quick intro, share a little bit more about your background. Sure, Ricky. Thanks, and thanks for having me on. I'm excited to, to do the podcast. So, uh, you know, I'm a 35-year corporate industry guy, Fortune 500 for the most part, uh, Coca-Cola, Procter & Gamble, um, 20 years in sales and sales management. And then really the last 15 years of my career, I have focused on leadership development with a specific lens on diversity strategy, diversity and inclusion, and then ultimately the last seven years, a key focus on advocating specifically for women. Sounds great, Jeffrey. So before we get into uh, you know your business side of things, uh, tell us a yeah. little bit about your personal side of things in terms of yourself as a dad and as a granddad. How many kids and how many grandkids? Yeah, sure, thank you. I don't have children, I actually have adults. Uh, I've got a 35 and a 31, both married, um, we've been blessed with our first granddaughter about nine months ago. And so I joke that I'm going to be doing this women's advocacy work for another 20 years uh, to, to support my granddaughter in this. Uh, but uh, I'm really lucky both my kids um, are working, not living at home, uh, gainfully employed, both have their master's degrees and married, and uh, both live within about 15 miles of us in Atlanta, so I get to see them frequently. Sounds great. Uh, really, really good that you're so close uh, to your kids, and then you can uh, help out with the babysitting in terms of taking care of the grandkids as well. Um, one thing I should probably also tell your readers, uh, your listeners, because uh, it's so rare these days, but uh, in June I celebrated 40 years of marriage uh, to my wife. So uh, that's probably one of my proudest accomplishments. Uh, very beautiful. I, I always say that as well. You know, what is uh, something that you're super proud of? And typically people say business accomplishments, uh, life accomplishments, but I always say uh, the ring on my favorite finger, even though for me it's only been seven years. Uh, but <laughs> really, uh, really, I'm super proud of uh, just a rookie. <laughs> one of my favorite quotes is the best gift we can give our kids is a healthy marriage. Absolutely, absolutely. So Jeffrey, I wanna trace back your passion uh, and purpose for gender equality and gender issues. When did you first get interested in this topic? Yeah, you know, I will tell you, uh, admittedly, I was kinda of late to the game. Um, I was uh, a career sales guy 
and coming up through the organization in the 80s and 90s. You did what you needed to do. You grabbed your family and moved. We, we re relocated, uh, you know, nine times in 12 years on the way up the ladder. Um, and then in uh, 2000, I was actually working in sales training. I'd been in sales and sales management most of my career. I was doing a stint as a sales trainer and my company had a $200 million discrimination lawsuit, something no company should ever go through. But literally overnight, I went from being a sales trainer to running diversity education. And I got to tell you, I'm a straight white guy. And I wondered, what did I do to get in charge of this project? Uh, I didn't know anything about diversity. And quite frankly, like many people, I said, I don't know what the issue is. I don't know what the problem is. Why are we even doing this? Why did we even have a lawsuit? Well, come to find out, as I sat in my program every day, I heard stories of racism and sexism and homophobia in a company that I had worked for and knew a lot of people in, things I had no idea were going on. And in uh, 2000, I had what they call a white male epiphany, where you realize what white male privilege is and the world revolves around me. I'm always the default gender. Uh, I'm always the majority in the room. And at that point, I just chose to get really curious. And it started me on this path of discovery. This was also around the time Tom Peters was introducing a book called Reimagine. And I watched a, a webinar of Tom Peters talking about the business case for women from a revenue standpoint, from a talent standpoint. And then I would go to um, historically black college events. And I just immersed myself in diversity uh, inclusion initiatives. And you start to change. You start to hear stories. And it just deepens your learning. And my last role, um, 10 years post-lawsuit, was as a director of diversity strategy. And that's when I opened my own company seven years ago called Why Women which really focuses on helping companies create deeply integrated diversity strategies. Most companies don't have good solid They have a bunch of most companies and also globally, because my belief is if we can't have a conversation, a deep, honest conversation around gender, how can we talk about race? How can we talk about sexual orientation. And so let's get really good at gender. And so that's the work I do now. Sounds phenomenal. Uh, you know, uh, good on you for de definitely being a forerunner and a trailblazer in this movement for gender equality. Tell us about uh, in the workplace, uh, you know, obviously you're a, you're a specialty in this and expertise in this. How can companies, how can businesses actually create a culture of gender equality? What are your top tips there? Yeah, there's, you know, there's really a number of things, but, but I think the top three, um, if you look at what's going on today, number one, it has to start with senior leadership, not just, you know, talking about it, but visible advocacy. It's 2018. Most on a basis. And so just like if you were doing a merger and acquisition, just like you were doing a new brand plan, 
um, put women or put people of color through the same rigor and process of anything you do in your business, fund it, build programs, resource it, and then go execute. So that's the first step, a, a total integrated plan. The second step is ultra progressive HR programs and processes. There's a phenomenon going on in the US that nobody really knows about. 10,000 baby boomers a day are leaving the workforce. And they're largely old white men like myself. Every day, every year for the next seven years until we're all gone. 85% of new entries into the workforce are women, people of color, or millennials. So I want you to think about the picture of leadership today and your pipeline. So you need ultra progressive HR programs and processes. And then the third thing is you've got to have a compelling change story. Don't treat it like diversity and inclusion, treat it like a business imperative. And so those are the three things I, I work with companies to do. Sounds great, Jeffrey. And of course, you've written a couple of books about the subject too, because uh, in this interview, we're only going to have about uh, 20 minutes or so uh, to cover this all-encompassing topic. But luckily, you have these books that people can actually- Is that a nice way of saying short my answers? That was not a nice way of saying that at all. I, I, I wish we had hours and hours and hours to discuss this topic because I'm quite passionate about it as well. Uh, but luckily, uh, people who love reading, they can uh, you know, sit in their comfortable chair, uh, either paperback or Kindle, uh, and they can actually read a couple of your books. Uh, so tell us about your books. Uh, when did you release them? And what are the major themes and topics of these books? Yeah, the first thing that got me curious around this was the fact um, that I'm a sales trainer. And so in the early 2000s, I actually wrote a book called Selling to Men, Selling to Women, because most men don't know how to sell to women most women don't know how to sell to men. So it just applies gender communication to selling. And then about three years ago, I released a book called Why Women, The Leadership Imperative to Advancing Women and Engaging Men. And That's about how you build. There we go. Are we back? Yes, yes. Uh, did you finish your point, Jeffrey? Yes, I froze for a minute. I don't know if you got it or not. <laughs> but I think I, the last thing I said is my books are available on Amazon. Okay, there you go. There you go. Grab those books. Uh, grab my book. Grab Jeffrey's book. And then, we, you know, then uh, you'll get a good deal from Amazon. Uh, at, uh, Jeffrey's and my books uh, together. Uh, so, Jeffrey, I'm curious to know, in terms of, uh, um, you know, like raising daughters, because obviously I'm a dad, you're a dad, and uh, one of my big passions with daddyblogger.com is to empower dads with resources and, uh, you know, info and uh, support. And uh, a lot of us dads, we have daughters, including myself. I have a little six-year-old. And, uh, you know, one of my big passions is to raise her up to be the strongest female she can be. Even when her little brother, brothers bully her, I'm always standing up for her and saying, no bullying. So I, I really want to raise her up to be the strongest uh, female leader, uh, you know, contributor to society she can be. So 
for those dads who are watching and listening to my podcast here, what can we do as dads to raise strong, confident, powerful women? Yeah, you know, it's really twofold. One is, you know, I want to speak to the dads who are in business today because one of the most powerful things you can do as a dad is choose to advocate for women in the workplace today. Um, and, and Ricky, this is surprising, but I tell this story and I, and I use myself as an example. I never made the connection that if I'm not advocating for women today, then my daughter is going to face the same biases that I know exist in the workplace. And so what I, my first piece of advice is men in the workplace have to advocate for women because we don't make that connection. Even though we wanted to raise strong daughters, support them and make sure they go to great school. But I believe fathers in the workplace specifically, not to say that mothers don't or people without children don't, but I believe fathers have an absolute need to advocate for women today because that's where it's going to start. And then we're going to do a better job throughout college. We're going to do a better job throughout high school with all the subtle micro biases that exist out there. And the, and the biggest thing you can do, the biggest thing any man can do is ask women a simple question. What don't I understand about the experience that you're having? Because it's subtle and it's different. It may be overt and different, but it's subtle and different. And just ask that question once. And particularly, you know, with the Me Too movement, men are men are scared to death to talk to women. Find a woman you trust and ask that simple question. What don't I understand? And you're going to hear life-changing uh, epiphanies. And then you'll be driven to action. Awesome. That's what it's all about, action. And uh, you've acted, uh, you know, quite boldly by creating the Father of Daughter Initiative. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about that organization. When did you found it and what is it all about? Yeah, this came up about four years ago and it was specifically to answer the question you just had, which is, okay, Jeff, you've convinced me, what do you want me to do? And so the Father of Daughter Initiative is a simple 10-step program that you can do on a daily basis to demonstrate advocacy for women. You print it out, you put your daughter's name on it, and you post it in your office, and it marks you as an advocate for women. You can download it at my website, www.thelettery.women.biz. And uh, what it does is it marks you as an advocate, and it's simple things. Obviously, the first one is take a woman to coffee and ask her about her experience. It includes become a mentor directly or behind closed doors of your male peers. So the, the, the 10 things you can do on a daily basis become progressively uh, more full frontal to make you an advocate. There's also a women championing women and an advocating for women. So I don't want, you know, people to say, well, why only fathers of daughters? I've got three versions of this. Perfect. Uh, Jeffrey, I'm curious to know what do you feel and what do you see are the main issues that women are still facing today? Uh, not just in the workplace or the family, but in every dimension of society, from schooling to the media to politics to the government. Uh, tell us about what are the major issues you still see. 
Wow, you know, basically, Ricky, you're asking me in two minutes to solve world hunger. Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think you've got to. This is a Jeff Halter point of view, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this is the be all end all, but I absolutely believe you have to start with men and you have to start with men who get it. I believe up to 30% of men want to become strong vocal advocates, regardless of its school, home, business. We need to be invited in because it's not a comfortable place for most men to go. But I have found that can be absolutely life-changing. And then from there, we can get more and more and more. Um, the simplest thing you can do is invite a man to a woman's leadership event, whether it's a community event or a business event. When a man walks into a room and is the one, one of five, and there's 300, 500, 5,000 women, it changes you. So invite men in. Yes. It is so funny you mentioned that. Just uh, I'm laughing to myself here because uh, I am known as the daddy blogger. I have a website called daddyblogger.com. And I do attend a lot of mom blogger events. I go to a lot of um, you know moms hanging out with their kids. And as soon as they see me, uh, there's a there's a shift that happens, uh, you know, in terms of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of them are nursing, so they uh, they get a little bit more self aware, uh, and uh, people are very nice. Uh, they'll all smile and uh, yeah. be very aware that a dad has come into the room with his kids. So I, yeah. I'm so. So Ricky, now, so Ricky, now I'm gonna tell you, you gotta bring two of your bros. <laughs> Where are the dad bloggers? You know, <laughs> you know, more and more dad bloggers are making their impact into the blogosphere and into into uh, that space and more 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 you know they, this is the issue about the dad's uh, movement as well right uh, typically moms are the more active members of uh, parenting and now dads are taking the initiative and being more actively involved and present in parenting so yeah. what we're talking about uh, you know obviously now is very pertinent to uh, you know uh, this whole movement and uh, uh, shifting roles within parenting as well yeah So Jeffrey, I'm curious to know, in terms of the uh, your vision for the future, where do you see uh, you know this gender equality going? Uh, you already talked about uh, millennials and uh, you know people of uh, gender, people of color. They're taking uh, these prominent positions. Uh, so how is that going to look like in terms of uh, shifting, uh, shifting the gender equality? Is it going to be more balanced, or what's your what are your predictions? You know, pull out that crystal ball and tell us yeah. where what is happening in the future. First you yeah. solve world hunger, and now tell us the future. Uh, I, I think what's going to happen is uh, you're going to see we are, we are past a tipping point, you know, whether it's women marching, the Me Too movement, the, the, this, it, it, the genie's out of the bottle. And the reason I say that is, um, you know, I've been on the road for the last 30 weeks. That's, that's about how busy I am advocating this message. What men don't see is women's voices are mounting, not just running for Congress, not just holding events. I mean, I've been to events with 8,000 women, 4,000 women, women in supply chain, women in trucking. There is a collectiveness building that leaders don't see. And, there, and, you, and you see a lot of things that say it's gonna be 
you know, 60 years before we have parity in the C-suite. I think in the next 10 years, as boomers leave and this war for talent exists, you're going to see women leapfrog into the C-suite because we know they're sitting at that level just below. And uh, I think the next 10 years are going to be just monumental for advancing women's rights. Curious to know also, Jeffrey, about this whole movement. They call it the, the age of the feminine, and it can be a little bit airy-fairy or new agey. Um, and then, you know, when I think of men, sometimes I, I, I picture them as becoming weaker, kind of like the Homer Simpsons, uh, you know, sitting on the couch, watching sports, eating donuts, and not being brave and confident and strong. And the women yeah. have uh, become the man figure. And it, it seems to have also gotten a little bit messed up there in terms of the age of the feminine. So what yeah. are your thoughts there in terms of the kind of the seesaw shifting towards the women's movement too much? Yeah, you know, here's what I'll say. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to my knitting being a business consultant. And, and what you see is the skills that women possess, collaboration, communication, listening, supporting, are actually the skills that the incoming workforce values and wants. You know, the days of fist pounding, profanity using, um, uh, uh, command and control are going away, but not everywhere. I mean, Wall Street's still going to be Wall Street. Commercial real estate's going to be commercial real estate, trucking, um, the production line. Uh, I, I don't know where it nets out. You know, you, you would like to see it coming to an equilibrium Sadly, I don't think we're at a point and, and it's not going to happen again, maybe over the course of the next 10 years. We can't even have civil discourse in this country. We, we are so divided that if I disagree with you, you can't be my friend anymore. And, and the value is we have to get together and collectively talk about this. And, and I only see it. I only see our culture, our, our country being split more and more divisively. And, and I hope that's not what most people want. I think most people want to move to the middle, um, but between the news media, government, everything that's going on, uh, we're just not at that place. Yeah, I, de I definitely agree with you there. I think at the, on a very individual level, regardless of a political affiliation or, uh, or you know, like uh, leanings, I believe at the end of the day, people want to unite and, you know, uh, bring peace and harmony. Hopefully, anyway, you know, there's obviously the outliers, but uh, more or less, I believe that's true. Uh, Jeffrey, I want to, to end with a big call to action, you know, empowering our men. Um, because at the end of the day, I, uh, most of my network, most of my audience are men. Uh, you know, and, and fathers. Uh, so here's your big chance, Jeffrey. You know, to speak literally to millions and millions of men and dads, and uh, call forth, call forth the men and the dads to, you know, to take up yeah. arms and uh, fight, fight for, fight for their rights, and fight for especially the daughters' rights. Yeah, Ricky, and I, I think the best thing, you know, the timing is so perfect. It's pre-Father's Day, um, you know, without self sounding self-promoting. Go out, download the Father of Daughter Initiative. Get your uh, men in your circle, your brothers, um, your, your sons to sign this. Let's talk about gender advocacy. Let's have a civil conversation around what's true and not true. And I actually believe men need to lean in uh, to steal a, Sa a Sheryl Sandberg term, 
men need to lean into this conversation rather than women. Beautiful, beautiful. So to end off here, Jeffrey, how can people connect? Uh, you have your uh, organization, you also have your books, you have your social media. Uh, tell us about all the ways that people can connect, reach yeah, out. So, and yeah, so a couple of things. One is I have a father of daughter Facebook page. And this Father's Day, if you take the Father's Day pledge, or even if you don't, I would love you to post a picture on my Facebook page, father of daughter under Jeff Halter. And, uh, and put a picture up of the woman you're advocating for in your life. So, so I've got a Facebook. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Why Women, the letter Why Women. And then I've also got a bunch of free tools and things that men can download on my website. One of the most exciting is called a Male Advocacy Profile. And just real quick, it's 20 questions. The first 10 is how you think about gender equity. The next 10 are the actions you take because we think we may be doing a good job, but we're not actually taking actions. So again, go to my website, www.letterywomen.biz. And uh, there's also 70 different blogs you can read about advocating for women. No shortage of resources. You're definitely equipping uh, all of our dads here on the show here today. Uh, so, Jeffrey, uh, it was definitely a joy and a pleasure and an honor uh, to talk to you and to learn all of your insights. So, uh, thank you for your time, and I have to wish you a happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you, Ricky. And happy Father's Day to all of our listeners. Even if it's past Father's Day, when you're listening to it, every <laughs> day is Father's Day. So, we want to celebrate fatherhood every day, 24-7, 365 days a year. And now it's your turn. Let's hear from you. You've heard from Jeffrey, you've heard from myself, we've talked about these big gender equality issues. So we wanna get your opinion, join the conversation, join the dialogue, and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, so thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode of Daddy Blogger TV, and we'll catch up with you next one. As I said before, happy Father's Day.